welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. He's stronger. How many of you serve that kind of God today? Come on, give him praise. Amen. Amen. If you just remain standing a few more moments, reach for your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to look at two places. And um, don't worry, it's, it's not but about five verses with all these combined. But 1 Kings chapter 2, 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 2, if you find that, if you'll just put your finger or marker or whatever you want to there, 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 2. And then if you will turn over to Genesis chapter 2 is where we're going to start. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. So thankful for you being here today. Thankful you for you coming. Man, I'm just, I'm just I look around and I'm, I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. I'm thankful for everybody that, that makes this happen. And I said this in the first service, and I want to say it again because I mean it. Uh, when, when I look around and I see the crowd that's here, we probably could have cram-packed both services together, but you wouldn't have been comfortable. And I'm thankful for people that are willing to help make room uh, and come. I know it's a lot for these musicians, these singers, our sound and our media team, our, our, our ushers and greeters and those that help in the cafe that make coffee. I told the first service this, our, our numbers have been increasing. We're eating more donuts, drinking more coffee. You know, it's, it's more work, but I'm thankful for those of you that are willing to make it happen. So I want to say thank you so much uh, to, for doing that and being willing to do it. Because I know, I know it's not always easy, but you know, nothing that's worth it is ever easy, is it? Well, a couple of you believe that. I said nothing that is worth it is easy. In fact, when you got to work for it and you and you pursue it, God will bless you and it's worth it. Genesis chapter 2. Let's go to verse 15. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. We're going to read verses 15 through 18. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. Now turn over to 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 2. If you have headings there in your Bible, it says this is David's charge to Solomon. David is about to die, and he's speaking to his son Solomon. Verse 2 of chapter 2. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, show yourself a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. I want to start this week. I'm starting a a series this week and next week on the four pillars of a man the four pillars of a man would you stretch your hands this way and ask for god to anoint me as i do the same for you father 
Thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you've done so far already. But God, again, I repeat, I know you're not finished, Lord. I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice, God, both here in person, listening by podcast. I pray that you'd open every heart, mind, and spirit. Let them be receptive to your word. I pray that the seed of the word of God would fall onto good ground and would produce a hundredfold harvest in the name of Jesus. Now, I ask that you'd help me. I'm your messenger, O God. I'm your servant, O Lord. And so I just ask that you would just give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you have called me to do, O Lord. And God, I pray that the word of God would be like fire shut up in my bones. And Lord, for anything good that's done, I'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Would you turn around to four or five people, give them a fist bump, and tell them, I'm glad to see you this morning at Starkville Church of God. So I give you a little disclaimer at the beginning of this and I ask you to stay with me through this entire thing how many of you know that when you when you study when you read when you live by the Word of God you don't just pick and choose some do but you need the word as a whole so I'm asking you to be patient with me and uh, stay with me walk with me through this whole thing if I say something that you know you're like yeah I don't know about that let's I want us to take this whole thing into context uh, because I believe this is a important subject I believe it's a subject where the enemy is at, at work and I know that the enemy will do whatever he can so my prayer is today that you'll receive what God has how many of you want what God has for you what the word you wouldn't have come here today you could be already at Harvey's or Slim Chickens or Zaxby's or Dewey or wherever in the world you want to be but you're here so I know that you want what the Lord has for you William Blake said this he said four mighty ones are in every man four mighty ones are in every man so again as I tell you the whole context I don't believe there's ever one sermon I, uh, that you can just do this and everything will be okay listen this is a lifetime walk it's a whole book so this is not a cure-all solve-all but I do believe these are four important things that I want you to get four pillars of a man and as I told you a couple weeks ago even if you're here and you're not a man uh, if, if you're a woman here, you're most likely married to a man. Or if you're not married yet, I'm not going to ask you. There was only one honest one of you last time that I asked some of you single ladies that are looking for a man. Uh, and so e either of these, I know that this is a blessing to you because it helps you know how you can either support your husband or what you're going to look for in a husband. So let's look at these. Uh, these four pillars that I'm going to talk about, and don't panic once I get started, I'm actually going to give you the introduction and only the first pillar today so once we get into this you're saying dear god he's never going to get done so don't panic we'll do three pillars next week intro and one pillar this week somebody say amen so the four pillars i want to talk to you about the pillar of a king a warrior a mentor and a friend i want to give you some statistics here because when you get the true numbers i know that people can manipulate numbers and bend numbers and lie about numbers but if you get the true numbers numbers don't lie 90 percent of incarcerated men send a card on Mother's Day. Only 10% of the same men send their father a Father's Day card. In fact, I gave that stat in the first service, and someone came to me afterwards only backing that up 
and said that they had heard that that the prisons would provide those Mother's Day cards, and they ran out of Mother's Day cards as they were sending the Mother's Day cards, but when it came time to Father's Day, no one hardly even touched the supply that was there. What a sad, sad state of events. We would ask ourselves, why is this? Well, I believe that as Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in the book of 1 Corinthians 4 and 15, he gives us a little insight. He says this, he said, you do not have many fathers. I want to give you some fatherless statistics. 64% of youth suicides are from families without a father. 85% of all youth sitting in a prison came from a fatherless home. 85%. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. Two out of every five children in America do not live with their fathers. And 90% of all homeless and runaways are from a fatherless home. You see, I, this is where I, you got to stay with me here. At, now listen, if, if this book offends you, then... I'm sorry, it's, I'm going to let you be offended, but I, I'm going to try my best to give you what this says, and I don't want to offend you with any of my personal thoughts or anything, so I, today I want to give you this. I'm convinced that so many of the problems we have here in America stem from the lack of men being the men and the fathers that God has designed us to be. I believe that many of the problems we are facing as a nation are because there is a lack of godly men being the men and being the fathers that God has called us to be. Now, I joked a little bit in the first service. Uh, Brother Randy was here, and we joke a little bit sometimes. You know, we talk about Mother's Day and Father's Day. And Mother's Day, we always come here. Y'all know by now, I don't even like, I don't like to preach Mother's Day. I let my wife take care of that because I know you mothers, you work hard. You've got a lot on you, and we rightfully so do. We come into church on Mother's Day, and we just love on the moms, and we tell you moms how great great you are and how wonderful you are and how we couldn't make it without you and all those things are true but sometimes we come in on father's day and we're and we're rough a little bit on on one another and, and we just tell you got to get your mess together or you're not going we've got to do all this and give each other a swift kick in the rear and so listen i want you to hear me today I want, I'm, what I'm here to do today is, if we do need a good swift kick in the rear, that's all right. I'm here to do it. But more than that, I'm here to remind some men that God has made you a man. God has a purpose and a plan for you as a man. He has a purpose and a plan for you as a husband. He has a purpose and a plan for you as a father. And I believe that God has purpose and destiny in your life. And you don't really realize just how powerful you are when you walk in your God-given role. You see, before God made the church, before God made any other religious system, he made the family. We read it in the book of Genesis. God put Adam and Eve in the garden, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. Before, he ever, before Abraham ever went on the mountain and made a sacrifice, before Moses ever got the plans for the tabernacle, before Solomon ever laid the first brick for the temple, God made a man and his wife and gave them children. I believe that the family 
is the foundation of society. And I believe that Satan has launched an all-out assault on the family. Now, we could stand up here. We're coming up on a year that I'm just really not looking forward to. Uh, uh, but it, it's coming anyway. And I know what happens sometimes. If, if, you, if you lean a little red, you're probably going to want to blame it on the blue. And if you lean a little blue, you're probably going to want to blame it on the red. But here's the reality of it. When it all comes down to it, it's not the blue, it's not the red, it's not the donkey, or it's not the elephant. It is Satan himself that has been behind the attack on the family. It is Satan himself that is behind all the garbage that we're dealing with here today. It is Satan that has launched this whole gender confusion garbage that wants to whisper into the ear of a male and say, well, you know what? You could be a female. You might really should be a female. It is the enemy that wants to whisper into the ear of a female and say, well, you know what? Really maybe you should be a male. I believe that God is calling us to stand up one more time and take the roles that God has placed us in and be the men of God that God has called us to be. All of the fatherless families, all of these things going on, it's an all-out assault on the enemy. If the enemy can damage the foundation, if he can destroy the foundation, nothing else is going to stand. You see, God made man first, and he gave man a responsibility to this earth and to his family to work it and to take care of it. You see, God has given us a responsibility, men. He's given us a responsibility to work and to take care of our families. And I believe that many of the problems of our society can be fixed when men become the men that God has called us to be again. Now, it won't be easy because Satan has launched this all-out assault, and he's fighting us with different things. Now, now, please, again, stay with me because I believe if you'll stick with me through this whole thing, you'll, you'll hear my heart on this. But Satan is fighting us with things like toxic masculinity. Satan is fighting us with things like this insane promotion of men dressing drag. Where in God's name do we ever think it is a good idea to put a big, fat, hairy man in a dress and lipstick and put him in front of our young children to read in front of them? We hear these things. We see these things. Little phrases like, or in words like mansplaining. Stay with me. I'm going to make some people mad. It's, uh, just stay with me. We hear these kind of things all the time. Satan is fighting against men. Years ago, 25 years or more now, I remember growing up as we'd watch television. My daddy would get mad and all the television shows that were continually making the father of the family Looked like a fumbling buffoon. You know, as a, as a kid then, I was like, why does he get so, what's what he talking about? What's the deal? It's just funny, you know, it's funny. But now, here I am, 25 years later, I look at our society, I look at what's going on, and suddenly I realize that he was on to something. That we see that Hollywood was doing their best to try to make the man look stupid. 
that the father was always the fumbling buffoon. Didn't matter whether it was white or black, but the man was always the fumbling buffoon, and the mother or the woman would always just have to come and help him up and fix him out and fix things and get all the things fixed that the dad had made worse. You see, what I am promoting today is not the American man. What I'm promoting today is not the Western culture man. But what I believe that we must have again in our nation, in our world, is the godly man. What I believe that we must have in our nation again and on our planet again is men of God that will stand up, not in their own selves, but stand on the book. Be what this book says that we are supposed to be. Get on our knees in prayer. Seek after God and be the men of God that God has called us to be. Over the next couple of weeks, I want us to examine these four pillars of a man. As I said, I see the timer. I see what time it is. I know your stomachs are getting empty. So we're only doing one today, the first and the only one we'll look at today. Number one, the king pillar. The book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Look at that with me again. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, and to take care of it. So throughout these, I'm going to give you, give you these little classifications if you're a note taker. In this king pillar, the spiritual function provides vision. We know that the Bible says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 says this, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Listen, we all need vision in our lives. We need vision. We need vision. Of course, we know when we talk about it as a church, companies talk about it now. We need vision as, as churches, as companies. But did you know you need vision as a person in your life? You need vision as a family in your life? And, and I know, again, some of y'all are going to, I, if I lose you, I'm sorry. But here's the deal. I believe that God has called us as men in that king pillar of our life. God has called us to help provide vision for our family. God has called us to put the vision out there. And I know that in nowadays a lot of people are into all of this, you know, team leading. And listen, there's nothing wrong with team leading. But when the, when the rubber meets the road, somebody's got to be the boss. And somebody's got to make a final say. And somebody's got to cast some vision. Now, I'm not talking about, this is where, stay with me here, I'm not talking about some kind of dominant tyrant that never listens to anybody because God, God has already said, I read this to you on purpose this morning. He said, it is not good for the man to be alone because we don't need to be by ourselves. We need the help. You know, I think, I, I think of the, the first person that comes to mind in this, I think of Pontius Pilate. I think about how Pilate, Jesus had been brought in front of him, about how the high priests and the scribes and all of the religious leaders of the Jews, they were ready to kill him. And they were able to kind of somewhat rule themselves except for one thing, the Roman government was their overseer. And they allowed him to, to kind of rule themselves in some ways, but there's one thing they couldn't do, they couldn't execute a person without the permission of the Roman government. And so Pilate had had this Jesus brought before him. And the high priest and all of them, they bring all these accusations and they're talking about Jesus. They want him killed. And, and then Pilate, he, he's kind of putting them off for a little while. And then what happens? Pilate's wife comes to him and says, Honey, I've had a dream about this man. 
this is a good man. This man that's been brought in front of you, he is a good man. He is a, I, I got a bad feeling about, don't get sucked into this. Come on, men. Come on, ladies. I hope you hear in my heart today what I'm not saying, men, just be bullheaded and stupid and stubborn all the time. God puts women into our lives sometimes to speak to us and say, hey, I, I just got a good feeling. I need to give you this input. I need to give you this advice. I need to let you know about this. Pilate didn't listen, did he? And he ended up crucifying the most perfect, holy man that's ever walked the earth, the Savior of the world. So even though we're vision casters and we, we provide the vision, it's not on our own. It's with our wives, with those around us. The perspective then is the energy of just and creative ordering. You see, I believe God has called us to give order in a just manner. He's called us to be just in bringing order into the chaos. The core characteristics are this. You ready for this? A core characteristic of this king pillar is that he cares deeply. You see, what I'm talking about here is not a tyrant. See, we get the wrong perspective, I think, because of how much man has messed it all up. What I'm talking about is not the kind of king that we think of as earthly kings, as fleshly kings, as kings that are all about themselves and all about trying to take from those that are under them and push those down under them. The kind of king that I'm trying to get us acquainted with is the king of kings and the Lord of lords whose name is Jesus. And that king is not a king that pushes people down, but that king is one that he is trying to pull people up with him. And a true king, this king pillar, this godly king pillar, cares deeply. It is the king and a man that encourages his wife to go ahead, dear, get that master's degree. That king pillar, that godly king pillar in a man is not one that wants to, oh, woman, you can't do that. No, it's honey, if that's what's in your heart and that's what you want to do, I support you. It is a king and a man that climbs out from behind his office desk or slips out of that piece of heavy equipment or whatever he does for a job and slips into a chair at the back of a child's recital or patrols the sidelines of a soccer game or coaches t-ball or takes his youth to youth group. It's a king and a man that does that. Men, can I tell you, don't get so busy making a living that you ain't living. Don't get so busy trying to take care of your family that you're not even with your family. Y'all know I'm a girl dad. I'm a girl dad, and I've been to Molly Cates. I remember going to Hattiesburg and when she was in ballet and sitting through this long recital. All these little girls and these tutus and all of this kind of stuff. But I love my girl, and I want to support my girl. I'm there, I'm there. She's a cheerleader. Yeah, I, I'm there, I'm there to support. I'm, I'm a cheer dad. I'm a, I'm a girl dad. I'm, a, I'm there because I believe that my call is not just to provide a living and provide a roof, but I'm there to be her father. It's a king and a man that appropriately confronts injustice at work in a manner that can be respected by his superiors and accepted by his subordinates. You know, the Bible talks to us about standing up for those that can't stand up for themselves. 
It is the king and the man that says, I'm not going to allow somebody to be mistreated and not say something or do something about it. It's the king and a man that reaches out to lift up, to empower a struggling alcoholic to seek help or to encourage a failing husband to get counsel. I'm telling you, the king that I'm talking about is not the kind of king, again, that's trying to step on others to push themselves up. The kind of king I'm talking about is a king that wants to pull others up with them. It's the king and a man that keeps his cool when everyone else is losing theirs. His is the voice that affirms with authority, claims with understanding, and controls with wisdom. His is the decision that after thoughtful deliberation cuts through the mess and provides a direction that allows each family member to feel respected and directed. He is the hand that administers punishment appropriately, and His is the voice that issues praise lavishly. There's so much in that this morning that I don't have the time to get into all of it. I want to give you a comical story about that, about bringing, bringing things down when everybody else is losing it. A week or two ago, we were at the house. We've been outside, and Jamie comes home, and a bug has crawled into her ear. And she is flipping out. <laughs> And she's like, oh, the bug, it's on my eardrum. Listen, I, I, I understand that. And that's why I want to fix that for her. And so we got some, and Molly Kate was there. And she's like, oh, oh, it's, it's all just a bunch of chaos. And we got some swimmers eardrops. And finally I had to say, stop. Settle down. It's not coming out by running around like a crazy person. You're going to have to be still so I can put these drops in there and flush it out. And so finally we calmed down. I put the drops to it, and finally that little bug finally crawled on out of there, smushed it, killed it. And I know that that's kind of comical. <laughs> it's not just kind of. It, it, it's funny. But listen, that's a kind of a lighthearted example of sometimes, men, God's called us, when everything's going crazy and everybody else is panicking, to just stop and bring some calm to the situation. How many of you remember, I don't know, last year, sometime, I can't even remember now how long it's been, I did the series on the Beatitudes. Anybody remember that? Few, not many, even in the first service, so I, th I think I can just do it again, and y'all never know. No. <laughs> and I talked about, remember, Meekness isn't weakness. Meekness is power under control. God calls us. God calls us men. He calls us to sometimes when everybody else is losing it, to bring a sense of calm and a sense of authority. Say, hey, let's calm down. It's going to be all right. We're going we're to get through this. We're going to get the funny. I know it's funny. We're going to get the bug out of the ear, but we just got to calm down for a second. Whatever the situation is, God tells us, hey, be the man that I've called you to be. Calm it down. Calm the thing. When everybody else is losing their cools, don't lose their cool. God didn't call us to be men that fly off the handle. God didn't call us to be men that just lose our temper and just go off on everybody. God called us to be meek men, meek men that, that, are, that know how to put our power under control. 
His voice is that that issues praise lavishly. I've come to understand and not fully understand, and I'm not the best at this, but I've come to fully, I've come to understand more and more how much it means, as Sister Linda spoke in the devotion, how much our words matter. Men, sons and daughters and wives need your voice of affirmation on their life. They need your compliments. They need your comfort. I, I begin to see more and more how important it is for me to tell my two girls how much I love them, how I'm proud of them. It means more than you will ever know. Let let your voice. You could, I could get into so many more statistics of, of the craziness of why kids do things and all that. And you know, it, it comes back down a lot of it too. They need the voice of a godly man in their life. Here are some of the last words of King David. 2 Samuel 23, verses 3 and 4. It's the, David's last words we read at the beginning. He's talking to Solomon. These are toward the end now. He says this, the God of Israel spoke, the rock of Israel said to me, when one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. Do you hear that? I'm going to read that one more time. When one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. I don't know if you know this or not, but the bottom line is we as people, we do want, we want some order. And we want, we want somebody godly and under control over us. Men, your family, whether they'll admit it or not, they want somebody, not a godless person, not a tyrant, somebody that will rule in righteousness and the fear of God. Peter gives instruction in the first period. You want this detailed a little bit more? I'm going to give it to you. Peter, in first Peter, says this. He says, live as free men, but do not use your freedom for a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. To him be the power forever and ever. You see, here we find even more specifically, David said, you know, live in righteousness, Live as a godly person, rule as a godly person. But here we say, hey, show proper respect to everyone. Be considerate, men, to your wives. So I hope y'all are seeing this now, that this isn't some kind of, oh, male, chauvinistic, you know, kind of deal. No, this is Bible. And the Bible said, yeah, you need to live as a man. You're going to be, you're supposed to be in control. You're supposed to be in charge. I put you over this, but your responsibility just as much as being in, con, but being in charge is to be, bring proper respect, be considerate, love them, take care of them, lift them up and not push them down. Some musicians come. I'm closing this out. 
results when the king pillar is leaning, absent, or abused. There's disorder. There's chaos. There's family dysfunction. Why is there so much? I take you back to the beginning of this. Why do we see so much craziness going on? I believe truly that it's because the family unit has been damaged and men are not stepping up and being the men that God has called them to be. In the same way, when that king pillar is leaning absent or abused, it can go the other way and it can result in oppression. Please hear my spirit tonight. This is not this morning. This is not a sermon saying, oh, you need to be a man that just tells your woman what to do and be. No. God's called you to be a godly man that will protect your wife and protect your family and love them and take care of them. When the king pillar is out of balance, it could lean one way and become an abdicator. As you've given up your, just let the mama do it. Just, I'm not worried about it. I'll just let somebody else do it. Or leaning the other way, a tyrant. An abusive, hateful tyrant. Sometimes when it's out of, out of balance, there becomes a passiveness, a failure to lead. I'll say this one more time, whether you admit it or not, every single one of us, we want good, strong, loving leadership. We want that. We need that. God's designed us for that. Stand with me if you would, please, this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around this morning. If you're here today, and you're a male, maybe you're not even married yet. Maybe you're here, you're married, and you don't have children. Maybe you're here, you're married, and you have children. Maybe you're here, you're married, and your children have gone on, and they've grown up. And, but if you're here, and you say, Pastor, word of the Lord has spoken to me. And I want the Lord to help me be the man God's called me to be. I want that, I want that king pillar. I want the king pillar as God and his word has said. I want it to be in my life. Would you just slip up that hand right now? And I want to pray for you. Anybody here? Thank you. Come on, just leave them up. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. I'm not coming to where you're at. I just want this is just for the Lord. Just leave that hand up. I'm going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man here that has lifted their hand and said, I, I want that king pillar. I want to be, Lord, I want it to be in balance. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to, I don't want to abdicate. And I also don't want to be a tyrant, Lord. I, I, want to, I want to rule with love. I want to love. And then it don't even really look like ruling at that point. That it's all done in love. It's all done with care and concern. It's not about stepping on people and pushing people down to get up. But it's about pulling everybody that I can up with me. God, both my family and those around me, when somebody is in trouble when somebody is being abused when somebody if they need some help and they need some God that we would be the men to reach down 
pull them up, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.